so that song was called funky explicit <laughs> it's uh too early to say i guess the entire the entire uh... Sugar, honey, iced tea. <laughs> yeah there you go um uh, today i got i got dad's wax with me so that was one of his beats uh unreleased um so we're just gonna be doing our thing um playing some beats talking about music and uh just some things that are happening in our city and stuff so um you want to introduce yourself bro yeah yo what's up this is dad's wax um some of y'all may know me from my show on here chop sesh others from you know the beat scene speakeasy whatever you know me from um but yeah you know glad to come on here and show you some of my unreleased music and talk about some real stuff going on that's what's up man so um yeah we were just talking about that beat right now man i like how like bumpy it is bro and you're telling me you use like you like heavy drums yeah heavy heavy drum when i'm when i'm when i'm not doing when i'm not doing like the trap stuff uh i like using the you know the break beats the all that stuff and making it super heavy and gritty gives it a yeah man it just gives it this like uh, raw feel you know and uh i just feel like i don't know it just gives it like some type of like authenticity to it i guess you know what i mean like it's just kind of it feels real hip-hop bro yeah real hip-hop exactly yeah like i like i don't know like it yeah it feels like that like golden era type like time you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's like uh you just need the right person to spit on it right exactly yeah yeah that's like that's like the thing i feel like with beats right now like with the with the genre like there's like there's like really cool there's like really cool beats like i love trap beats but it's like it it lends itself for a certain type of artist as well you know and um yeah a certain type of melodic feel sometimes a lot of people have the same stuff over it but i feel like those old school beats like yeah they, it like lends for like storytelling has like a certain amount of space i guess for you to work in you know yeah it's pretty dope yeah and i think that's just because uh i feel like trap music you know there's a lot going on in trap music so most of the time when you're listening to trap you know like the artist kind of gives way to the beat you know mm. so um you know i don't like to you know hate on any style of uh hip-hop you know because i think it all has its value one way or another yeah but um yeah with trap like it's it's very obvious that that beat that the beat is like front and center more than mm. anything and there's nothing wrong with that you know uh but with these they're more like stripped back you know they're more simple uh, very repetitive like the beat itself mm. um so that's why i feel like it, it lends way to an artist being able to talk about a lot you know and uh really being able to tell a story because of how simple the beat is and how much space it gives the artist to speak yeah yeah i feel like yeah i feel like it lends itself for like uh like really poetic i feel like um like trap beats are kind of like they meant for like a melodic type of delivery um with like repetition and stuff and i i like i, I like um yeah i like i like a lot of genres too man I, I think i'm a person though that listens a lot to lyrics so there's like certain lyrics that i appreciate from uh certain people when they touch on certain topics um and i, I was just uh I was, it was interesting i was talking to my girl today and we were just talking about like i um i just dis i discovered for myself right <laughs> I, I learned about a new artist like yesterday her name's um buffy saint marie She's like this, um, she's a native artist from Canada, but she's been doing her thing since like, I think like 64, you know? So she's like, kind of got like this, like Jefferson's airplane type style, but she's like talking about like life and death and like raising like 
people raising their kids for like systemic um operating i guess you know what i mean like like not being not being free and and it was dope because i was like i was like damn like it was the type of music i normally wouldn't listen to because it sounded a little bit similar to folk music sometimes it's just not my genre really i don't it doesn't call me as much but like her words drew me in like i listened to that album like i want to say like four or five times in a row you know like just listening the whole time and i was kind of like i was kind of irritated at first or like afterwards because i was like man like how did i not hear about this artist you know and i feel like it's a problem that um there's like radio stations and stuff not this one not k-wing right but um, of course not of course not man we love k-wing <laughs> we love k-wing right I'm doing something different it's independent radio but like i feel like a lot of these like radio stations and stuff they loop the same the same stuff and it's like a, a radio station has the capacity to introduce you to new music like that's what that's what a person yeah that's what a person's supposed to do you know because everyone else is doing their job so like that person's job should be like hey delivering like good music for you to listen to and i feel like a lot of the stuff that gets played on like regular um regular radio and stuff and just gets celebrated it's like it 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 lacks the substance you know and i feel like back in the day um especially in the 60s from like just listening to music popular music from that era seemed like they really put a lot of um meaningful music that was uh poetic and talked about life they put it to the forefront you know and nowadays i feel like it's just cheesy love songs or else it's like hyperly like misogynistic and um materialistic or glorifying violence yeah like, you know killing people of your own skin whatever it may Straight be up. but I, honestly um i mean obviously it's like following the money right you got to follow the money and when you look at radio stations from the 60s like there was a lot more independent stations mm. so that's why they were able to do that you know of course they still had the super popular stations that played all the the Beatles and the Beach Boys or whatever, you know, they played like simple, uh, you know, at the time people were like, this is, this, this is a, uh, this is uh, music without substance, you know, mm -hmm. that's what they thought of uh, at the time, you know, but, <clears throat> uh, but, uh, uh, when you, but radio stations now, like most of them fall under like a conglomerate, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like the stations in Reno, like they, they are all part of this. They they're all part of like this media group or whatever they're called, and they're kind of just given, you know, this range of uh, hits they should play from the charts. You know what I mean? They can't play. They can't. Re they really can't play anything else. Yeah, don't have the freedom, huh? Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, and I mean that's that's I feel like that that's something that has contributed to the decline of radio. You know, like uh, I'll be in my car and I remember like. Let's say I don't have my Bluetooth or my phone, whatever the case may be. I'm on one station. I don't like the song. I turn to the other hip-hop station, same song playing. Mm -hmm. I, I go to the third hip-hop station. They got same song playing. Like, or it'll, it'll, after it's done playing on one station, they'll start playing on the other. Like, it's just, um, yeah, it's just boring. And it's just because, uh, you know, music has been commodified that way, you know, to, you know, not be meaningful to sell, you know. It's just um when music talks anything real like actual real anything disruptive anything that you know uh stands against the status quo like it's not going to be pushed you know because it's against what they believe it's against their status quo so yeah I feel it like, makes sense yeah i feel like anything that like kind of ignites um 
critical, critical thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 100%. You know, because because it's not we're, we're not really like trained to do that. It's interesting too because it's like I feel like it's just amplified now. Mm-hmm. You know, and like because I because I hadn't heard about this this artist and I was like, how come I didn't hear about this artist? Like, I listen to music from the '60s. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I try to listen to. Well, I don't try to listen to everything, but I I'm open enough to like. Yeah, yeah. yeah and um, I, I watched a documentary on her, and um, she, they were talking about, like, she made it a point that whenever she would go on to, um, like, radio stations or to do interviews, she would always make sure that she talked about Native issues, you know, so then that people would understand um, her community better, right. you know, and to bring attention to injustices and stuff. And then so they kind of, like, told her, like, hey, like, if you come on, you can't be talking about that. And then she was like, well, no, I'm not just going to, I'm just not going to come on. So they like pretty much blacklisted her in America. So like a lot of people in America, cause I was looking through comments and people were like, how come I never heard of this person? And it was like, I was like in the same boat and I was like, they censored her for me, you know? And I was like, that's, that's messed up. Cause it still happens, you know? And it's like a lot of people got a certain um, perspective of hip hop nowadays. And it's like really painted as just being like really um, valueless or like soulless, but it's like, that's not the case. That's just what's put forward, you know, and and you really got to dig for it. And that's what sucks, too, is it's like your average person doesn't have the time and energy where they want to, like, sit and dig through to see these new artists. People are creatures of comfort a lot of times. So they're not they're not going to go and do that. You know, that's what's cool about having this show and trying to present like different um different things that hopefully people wouldn't be exposed to, you know, and, and it's like from different forms of ideas to different music and all sorts of art forms, you know, me and um me and ruby we were talking about stuff too and and we're i was uh we're just chatting it up one time and i don't know i've had this conversation with a few people honestly but the um the systemic control of of the voice of art man you know like i was watching this other doc and they were talking about how these like um really wealthy people started making art museums and they started making it a point to purchase like really abstract art that didn't have the message like art tends to be revolutionary because it usually comes from the people, like it comes from the spirit, you know, and um, people create from their heart. So like they started purchasing a lot of art that that wasn't in that. So they created a demand for abstract art without a message. And now you go to a lot of like places, art museums and stuff, and you don't really get art that tells the human story in a meaningful way, in a, in a way that's in depth and personal, you know, like you, you'll you'll get like a landscape or you'll get like some weird type of like something that's so ambiguous that you really need to talk to the artist to understand it. Like that's safe enough for them to put in those spaces, but you don't really get something very revolutionary in there. And that's like, that's like the mirror to the radio stations of like mainstream radio and mainstream television and all those things as well. Well, uh, and it's crazy, bro. Cause, um, I've, uh, I've kind of read up on this exactly what you're talking about. And, um, and 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 uh, I'm, I don't want to sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist person or anything, but like this, this is literally something that the CIA has like themselves, you know, like uh, openly, uh, you know, admitted. Like they spent money uh, pushing the abstract art because at the time, something that was really popular was a uh, like Soviet realism. Uh, the Soviets were making a lot of art that depicted like working class struggles and anti-American propaganda and stuff like that. That was you know, gaining a lot of traction in, uh, you know, Vietnam and uh, the black communities, Chicano communities here in America. And 
that's why they uh they did like they they had a they had a conscious effort of uh pushing that abstract art to kind of combat that you know combat that combat that realism that you know real world message that you know how the 90 percent of people in the world live you know so um there's definitely like it's crazy because like there's literally like for all this stuff there's like a there's like a long process behind it for why it is the way it is you know it's not on accident you know it's not like this is a natural course of things you know people like to listen to something that relates to them and Mm -hmm. seeing something that relates to them and it's just that uh you know the powers that be on purpose don't want people to relate to those things because you know like you said it, it gets them thinking critically about uh the material conditions around them and uh you know their lives and what they're going through yeah i was thinking about um being a human being and what that even means and like we're kind of fed a story that makes us think that certain things make you a human being um fashion or like um religion or cer- certain certain things that are taken as a given but it's like i mean at the end of the day like we're human beings like we're living things you know we have emotions and we have our lives and we have our families and we have our time and we appreciate certain things you know and i think um we've given away a lot of power by letting people narrate what our story is you know by telling us what a human being is you know and us accepting that instead of questioning it and saying like well why why does everyone tell me to work so hard but i hate work and why do i take pride in it when i'm just exchanging my labor and my time for compensation and i'm not being compensated properly you know what i mean like that's unless you love your work you know like that's different if you're doing something that that's meaningful or something that like does something for you but i mean a lot of people um, unfortunately are, are being exploited you know financially because like they'll ask you to wor- work a little harder and it's like yeah Yo, you're, you're trading me for an hour yeah. at the cheapest rate that you can get me for so why am i going to give my highest rate of labor for the cheapest outcome like you're tripping <laughs> you no, know? Yeah, but they, they sell these like work hard work hard things and it's like yeah. who does that benefit that benefits the person that's that's getting that exchange of that labor yeah you scra- know? scraping off the the cream at the top you know like yeah. and that's um well yeah i mean that's the way uh capitalism goes you know like um it, it's i mean for anyone out there i mean Karl marx goes into this in capital you know like uh it's the whole uh theory of ali- uh, alienation you know like workers get alienated from their work because it doesn't represent them you know like um it's just uh like it, it's just like like you were saying, like they're they're getting something pushed out of them, and you know, like literally squeezed out of them, like, uh, and it's not like something they can really see themselves in because they're not, you know, receiving the full value of that back. You know, they're just getting a fraction of uh, the value of what they worked. You know, it's like yeah. a real pimp type thing, man. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> like straight up. Seriously, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's what capitalism is. Like capitalism just pimps workers. You know, that's uh. That's just the, that's just the nature of it. And um, what else were we talking about? Um, damn, I forgot what I was gonna say. Nah, that's all good, bro. <laughs> so what kind of, what kind of projects you working on right now, man? Yeah. Um, well, right now I'm uh, I'm finishing up a B tape. I'm gonna release another B tape. 
what's up? Uh, it's it's basically done. You know, we just got to do the the art and you know mixing it, mastering it a bit, and uh, just putting it together. You know, and getting ready for release. Uh, it's a uh, it's gonna be Murder Volume Two. Uh, All right. You know, uh, the successor of my last beat tape, Murder, and um, I'm also working with uh, Redfield Clipper, uh, awesome. Nick Mills, and uh, we're working on a track right now to see how the how the people react to it, and I think it's very catchy. It's a very cool tune. Um, um, yeah, you guys are gonna hear about that soon. Uh, When's it, when is it getting dropped? Yeah, we don't know yet. We haven't uh, uh, come up with a date yet, but it's in the pro. It's getting mixed and mastered right now. So, so um, hopefully soon, maybe sometime this month, oh, early next month. So definitely soon. Uh, keep an eye out for that. We're gonna be posting about it for sure. What's the what's the subject material on it? Well, that one. <laughs> Uh, well, that one is a, uh, it's a, uh, it's just like a love song, you know what I mean? Oh, all right, uh, all right. It's a, uh, I feel like it's a, it's a nice place for me and Nick to, it's it's our first project, like, ever, uh, you know, collab, whatever. And uh, so, you know, I, I, I made a bass beat for him, you know, I, I just put some piano and a drum pattern and some cool uh, perks in there. And um, he added like a guitar, a bass line, mm-hmm. uh he sang on it, and this dude has like an amazing voice. You know what I mean? So, um, it's um, it's just for fun. But I think uh, it definitely shows off both of our, uh, you know, both of our talents, and I think we complement each other pretty well. That's so I'm, I'm very excited for people to hear. You know what I mean? It's just uh, it just sounds really nice. I really like it. It's super catchy. What's the um, what's the what's your project you've made that you're the most proud of? The project I've made that I'm the most proud of? Or that you're making that you're most proud of, man. Yeah. Dang, that's tough, man. It's just, uh, <laughs> well, I guess, you know, I'm proud of all my work, you know what I mean? Because just, it just represents me, you know, and, uh, um, you know, I'm just proud I was, uh, you know, I spent, like, a lot of time learning how to do this and, you know, building up my ear for things and building up my sound. So I'm pretty proud of all my works, but, I mean, I really... I was really proud of Murder, you know, I feel like that one went over really well. I feel like the community received it very well here in Reno and, uh, uh, you know, people still talk to me about it all the time. So that was like the first time I've ever gotten like, uh, you know, actual feedback, you know, from real people and not just like SoundCloud uh, likes or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So definitely my first beat tape, I feel like um, I was able to, you know, put out something, I was able to like you know, set the stage for my sound and uh, the type of music I make and like, you know what I mean? What's the what's the main thing you want people to take away from you, man? From your, your like, artistry, you know, like... Um, dang, that's the thing, you know, I, I, I'm trying right now, especially with this project, not all the songs, but some of the songs, you know, I, I'm really trying to kind of insert my... You know, like my personal philosophy, my political views a little bit into it. You know, I'm just making beats, so it's kind of hard to, you know, do that without like, you know, rapping on it or something like that. But uh, I have like little sprinkles of it in there, certain ad-libs, you know, that are very anti-police and stuff like that. Or, you know, the names of my songs uh, give off a very anti-police sentiment. And uh, because, yeah, you know, that's how I feel, you know. I feel the police are occupying forces in our neighborhoods, and uh, that's what I want people to take away from, like, my newer stuff. But, uh, you know, for the most part, I feel like my music has kind of been divorced from my 
you know, political views and my world perspective just because uh, it's just beats, you know what I mean? So, um, sorry, got that asthma, can't talk for too long. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, uh, another thing you can take away from my music is just that you can see my influences on my sleeve, you know, like mm -hmm. I really love Memphis rap, I love Houston rap, I love, uh, you know, like that UK, like drum and bass and garage sound, like kind of wavy, you know, very, or deep house, you know, it's just a uh, funk, you know, it's just like, mm -hmm. it very, it, it, it's very representative of what I like to listen to and what my inspirations are. So that's one thing. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, and I, and, it, and it's, it's interesting, like, you know, how you're like, yeah, you know, it doesn't have words, but then like, yeah, man, a title is important. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that people read. They're, like, mm -hmm. checking through it. But it's, like, music also, like, even without words, it still sets a tone. You know, like, it sets a feeling. You know, like, you can tell you can tell how somebody feels by it. You know, like, it's relatable. You can tell where somebody's from sometimes. And some people just fake it, too. But Yeah. But you can. But you can <laughs> but, uh, but some people, they really do bring that forward. You know what I mean? And I think that that's all the dope. You know, um yeah, that that stuff when you were talking about the police and stuff too, man. I, I relate to that. I was just at the um, when was it? It was two days ago, or was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. It was yesterday, huh? Yeah. When I the, had to go, but I had to work, man. I, I found out in the morning. Yeah, yeah. They cleared out. They uh, they went and, like forcefully removed a bunch of people from an encampment on Glendale, right? Was it Glendale? Yeah, I think so. Or I'm not sure what. I don't know. It was like right on the river, though, like right behind the GSR. But um, yeah. but yeah, man, it was. You really see um the problem of policing right there, man, because it's like. The police aren't the problem per se. If you get rid of police without changing anything else, it's not going to solve everything. But um, but they're definitely the enforcers, you know, and they enforce a, a system that really isn't beneficial for humanity, you know. And you can see it right there. It's like people that have the least amount of resources and security you know people literally like living in tents bro like in the park and then you got these like cops on horseback like just, and, just and we're, like, and we're, that's just like plantation master vibes you know straight right? up like, yeah. it's like weird bro like yeah. what do you need a horse for man leave, leave, leave that poor animal you know do its thing you know you don't need to bring it out here to do your to oppress deep. people yeah and exactly stuff, man. yeah it was it was crazy man because we're there and it's like I don't I don't have a lot. I have a lot, but I don't have a lot of wealth right. in a monetary way. Yeah. I have really strong relationships with a lot of people that love me and that I love and I'm very grateful for, you know, and, and I have a good relationship with my spirit and with the land. And um, so I'm very grateful in that way. But when it comes to monetary things, like I don't have a lot, you know, I don't have a lot of resources in that way. Um, and uh, it was interesting that, like, a lot of the people that were there to help people were kind of, like, in a similar situation to me. And it's, like, we're all there. And then, like, wearing just, like, regular clothes. And then there's there's these, like, cops on, like, horseback with, like, you know, they got, like, their gear, man. Like, they're very sponsored, man. They're very sponsored. And then it's, like, you look at how the state has money to sponsor that, but they can't sponsor people like us who are doing work to try to help people. You know, like... We had like a guy that rolled through that earns like owns a, he had like a, a moving truck and he just came and just like helped people move their stuff, dude. Like just did like that. And it was like all of us just with like plastic gloves on, just trying to like move people's stuff and help people and like just do whatever we could. And it's like, man, it's so, uh, 
disgusting man to see to see that that's that's the solution is no solution <laughs> you know it was like it would be one thing if it was like yo like we're trying to do something for the park and um so you guys are gonna have to move but here's here's some resources we're gonna have some people help like fix you up with a new spot you know we're gonna try to like improve this condition but they got no solutions for nobody and it was like freezing cold out man yeah, and it's like it was just like, man, it's so and, messed up, dude. And, and it's awful because, I mean, like you said, they're they're enforcing the system, you know, the cops. And it's like what they're enforcing is uh, poverty, you know. Like this system requires poverty exactly. to survive, you know. I mean, uh, if the average worker isn't threatened with homelessness constantly. They're uh, going to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or they're, they're not going to stand up for themselves and demand uh better wages and better treatment and that's what it is it's just the threat you know Uh, i mean uh there's like amazon warehouses that are starting to unionize you know what i mean but there's a lot of misinformation being spread by amazon to the workers being like we're gonna fire you you're gonna lose your job like do you really want to be a part of this like and it's to us too us too anybody because we're getting like extra commercials from amazon i don't know if you notice i've been Uh getting more commercials like on my like youtube and stuff like that about like the good things that Amazon does and uh, how they feed people oh, and yeah. like all of this type mm-hmm. of like PR stuff, like yep. just like how Al Capone would like hand out turkeys, man. Like when yeah. he was about to go to trials, so he looked like he was like a good person, a good person yeah. when he was doing gangster things, you yeah, know. And these and companies are doing gangster things, yep. and they got a PR firm to try to like clean it up. But like yeah. people in those situations know what's up. Exactly. But that's the problem with like the division of the working class. It's mm-hmm. like. We don't we don't identify with each other, you know. We don't identify with each other's humanity, you know. Like mm-hmm. it's a really limited thing. Like one could say, people's humanity doesn't expand past their their home, but one could also say it it doesn't even expand outside of their body. And some could say that it doesn't even expand to our own bodies, because you look at a lot of people and you look at like the illnesses and things like that. A lot of it has to do with our lifestyles. I was talking to a friend. And we were talking about um, just uh, health and, like, um, dealing with stress and, like, body aches and things. And I was like, it's difficult because, like, colonization runs so deep inside of us as human beings to where you become the colonizer, you know. And we colonize our way of life, you know, because we replicate what the colonizer does to us, you know. So you look at the the land when it's free, it's like it has, like spring summer fall winter rest you know and then it's like wake up you know and we have these times during our days as well you know but we as human beings are like so colonized over ourselves because of a necessity to survive a lot of times that it's like we colonize our our days where we don't give ourselves the rest we need we don't respect ourselves you know we like work ourselves like a horse you know because we're or we feel guilty when we do decide exactly. to uh, rest and take care of ourselves just because, yeah, I mean, uh, you're always being demanded productivity, you know, like from you, you know, from your body. Like if you're not being productive, you're uh, a, a burden to society or whatever it may be. But, you know, like all of the, all of this is made up, man. This is all made up and it's only being enforced by, like we said, like the police, you know, like they're only able to impose these bs laws and regulations and lifestyles on us because they have the gunpower firepower manpower behind it you know what i mean so i definitely feel you on that it's uh it's unnatural and it's like and it's like is it is it as productive you know to like wear yourself out and die like 
super young or get hurt super young because of how you've been worked like a horse, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like it's more productive to be able to just go at your own pace and, you know, you probably live a long life doing stuff, you know, that's helpful to your community or your, you know, your immediate family or whatever, you know, it's if we get rid of these systems. Yeah, for myself, like, if I'm doing something that has meaning, like, then I'm down, like, I w- I'll work hard, you know what I mean? Like, when I work for myself, because I'm an artist, you know, so it's like when I work for myself, I work directly with my clients, and I'm doing an exchange, and I want to do a fair exchange. So I want to put myself into it. But, like, if I work for an institution or something, it's like, yo, like, it's an economy, <laughs> you know? And in an economy, there's no point in exchanging more for less. <laughs> you know, like, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to get that hustle, man. I'm I'm going to do the least to get the most because like why am i going to give my life my life source Mm -hmm. you know like my life source my energy like and the only thing i actually have my time you know since we don't really get to own things you know so why am i going to go and like go at the cheapest rate like man people (laughs) i don't know but People say that's lazy, but I'm like, nah, man. It's I, a scam, bro. Yeah, it's a scam. It's like, don't quit, quit letting people pimp you, man. Yeah, <laughs> like anybody that's listening, it's like, don't, don't let those people pimp you, man. Yeah, and you it's know? just, I mean, straight up, these people have been brainwashed. I mean, at one point or another, I, I know I've been brainwashed before, you know, mm-hmm. like, it, it's just like comes with the culture, you know, every single day of your life, you're being bombarded with this same message, you know, that. You know, you're going to school so you can go to college, so you can get a job, so you can be productive for, you know, society, you know what I mean? Or And uh, tomorrow never comes today, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, just... that's like when you're going to be good, supposedly, right? Mm-hmm. But, but it's always, always something new. And then it's like, oh, you got to own a house. Oh, you got to pay mortgages. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you got to send your kids to college. Like, it's just never ending. And it's a... Uh, and it's just a cycle of debt, you know, just keep you a slave to the system, you know? And that's... And that's Basically, what we're being sold all the time, like, you know, you got to be in debt to be set, you know, somehow, mm-hmm. you know, somehow that makes sense. You know, you got to go hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to, you know, have a home and be secure, supposedly, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, but that's crazy. How secure can you be when you're in somebody else's property, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's a trip. But it, but it looks like it, you know, yeah. until, until, you know, and like, yeah, that's, <laughs> and, that's I'm, what I was, <laughs> and I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, man, sorry <laughs> But, uh, and I mean, you can see this happening right now with coronavirus, especially last year. I mean, like, all these people started getting evicted from their homes, started getting, you know, kicked out of their rentals, you know, like, where they've been renting. And it's just because, you know, um, money ran out, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, and it, it's kind of crazy when you look at uh, the cycle of capitalism, like, every 10 years it fails, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, on purpose. Like, it's just bound to happen because it's just a bubble that's about to be burst every single time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it happened in the recession of 2008, happened with coronavirus. And it's like, uh, you know, uh, people still somehow, because they're being told constantly and bombarded with it, they believe that this is normal and you should still buy into the system, even though you're most likely going to get screwed over. You know what I mean? So uh, it's a trip, like, yeah. thinking about that, like, ca- like, colonization and like the systems of oppression right and i think about it and it's like i sometimes will be like yeah like people don't understand and like people are really colonized but i'm constantly trying to decolonize because i was raised inside of this system i went to a, a public education you know and i'm sure private wouldn't have been much better you know what i mean but um 
I went I went to that and uh, I had to go to church when I was a kid. You know, my parents are very hardworking, you know, and um, did their best with me with the understanding that they have. But it's like for me to be free and live as free as possible, I have to constantly challenge myself because if not, I can default back into that because the system is surrounding us, but it's also replicated within us. So we got like inside of ourselves, like I feel like I got like a slave driver and I got a, a slave that's trying to be free. You know what I mean? It's like back and forth, you know, like I got a, I got a Spaniard inside of me trying to colonize my Indian side of me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, and it's a nonstop struggle and it's a, it's a nonstop thing that I'll be doing my entire life, you know, because of, because of the systems in play, you know? Yeah. I mean, and yeah, and that's why deco- decolonization is a constant struggle, you know, and same mm-hmm. thing with, you know, uh, there's also the saying like, kill the cop in your head you know Mm. you got to constantly be fighting against the cop in your head you know um like a while ago i mean this isn't like this is more like towards the killing the cop in my head type of thing but i feel like it's kind of the same you know it still relates to uh upholding the systems of oppression or whatever and i remember i was at a at smith's or something i was like at the coin star you know i was like getting uh, cash for my coins and this dude just runs out with like hella groceries you know, and he's booking it, and the car, there's a car waiting for him at the front uh, doors. And for a split second in my head, it's like, oh, I should trip this fool or something like that. You know what I mean? Obviously, I didn't act on it because why would I do that? This man is trying to eat, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's like, you know, you're programmed to, yeah. uh, you know, protect these systems, protect Smiths, like Kroger or whatever. <laughs> like, why the hell would I? It's literally not even pocket change to them. It's literally dust, you know, the yeah. amount of... Uh, uh, merchandise he took you know what i mean it's like but it's like you constantly got to fight against that you constantly got to you know beat that cop out of out of your head and out of your consciousness so mm-hmm. i definitely feel that it's like a duality of man you know because you've been forced to be someone you're not your whole life until you finally like you know kind of educate yourself or become conscious so i feel that for sure yeah and i feel like conscious is like a word that gets thrown around a lot but i feel like it's like it's like a form of awareness you know yeah. what I mean? It's like you got to be conscious. You got to be aware. And I feel like some people think being conscious is like this point you get to when then all of a sudden you like you supersede everybody else. Yeah. You're above everybody <laughs> else. And you see like a lot of people like doing yoga and like I don't know why I pick on yoga, but it, I feel like it's just like one of those things. It's colonizer, <laughs> it's colonizer shit, you know? What yeah. I mean? it's, it's... <laughs> but, but it's like I feel like a lot of people use it as like this token to be like, oh, yeah. I'm conscious. It's like, dude, shut up. If you were conscious, you wouldn't need to say it, man. Yeah. You know facts. what I mean? It's like you, if, it, if you're conscious, it's like you're aware, mm-hmm. you know? And if you're conscious, it's like if you're conscious of what you're taking in your body, if you're conscious of how you're treating people, if you're conscious, like, you know, like, are you aware? Are you mm-hmm. mindful? You know, yeah. and like, but people think like, like they graduated and now they got yeah. their consciousness certificate because <laughs> they, you know, they drink, because they're, they're drinking like bone broth or kombucha. something. And, yeah, kombucha and yeah, a bunch of stuff, man. But like, no, yeah, and I up. mean, yeah, and a while, a while back I got into it with someone, you know, that was just kind of spreading misinformation on COVID and stuff like that. And, I don't know this this person and it, it gets me mad because it's always the same type of people like they masquerade behind this and you know they like pretend they're well they think they're conscious you know what I mean like mm-hmm. you said it gets thrown around a lot just because you know they uh I don't think there's anything wrong with holistic medicine you know what I mean like there's right. obviously some value with holistic medicine 
like our ancestors used it and stuff like that so obviously there's value in that but it's uh it's also i mean like uh our people were also dying from, you know, what are now preventable diseases that the colonizers brought, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So science obviously has some merit too, you know what I mean? But yeah. uh, I, I kind of brought up this point, like, you know, you're a gentrifier, you know, they, you're, you're, you're believing in all this, you know, pseudo woke, pseudo science uh, yeah. nonsense, and you think you're conscious, but at the same time, you're like raising the rent on poor brown people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm you're kicking uh poor people out of their homes like you like give uh houseless people a side eye you know what i mean and it's just like it's like it's like the same type of people all the time you know what i mean yeah like if they want to be holistic medicine it's like yo get the hell out of here and go back to where you came from yeah. man so you stop screwing over everybody yeah man. you know like let's think real holistically if you want to play that game yeah ain't nobody trying to have that conversation no. <laughs> that's what started cracking me up <laughs> it's like everywhere you go you just take things you know, and that's not everybody because some people move around with like a different amount of respect. You know, mm -hmm. like I got really good people that are close to me that are white relatives, you know what I mean? And that do really good things, but there's a lot of people that don't, yeah. you know, and um, and I think it's just kind of irritating when those people just kind of come and just take from a place like going to a yoga, into, into yoga culture, take it and monetize it yeah. and not give anything back. I was, I was talking to, um, I was talking to Josue like a couple weeks ago months ago or something a while ago and i was like dude for i was like i don't think there should be no white yoga teachers man mm -hmm. i was like and if and if there are they should be doing it for free because I, I doubt like they're never going to compensate the people that created that and that's not what they created it for for money you know i was like for all the all the industry that there is in yoga there shouldn't be too much poverty in india you know what i yeah. mean like it's a freaking it's a big industry yoga mats yoga pants yeah yoga, everything bro that's true yeah and it's like and it's so exclusive and unattainable you know mm -hmm. what i mean like that's supposed to be for the people like that from mm -hmm. that comes from a country with like people that lack resources because they probably got exploited you yeah. know if we want to keep it real right colonized by the british yeah so it's like so it's like you have these yoga things in here and all these people saying like oh i want to i want to go help people i want to open up a yoga studio and i want to do this but they only give it accessible to like soccer moms and people that are wealthy enough to access it. And it's like, yo, where's your namaste at? You say you see me, you know, like, do you even know what that means? You know, and I think that's why I be getting on yoga. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, it, I, think it's it's very, like, I think it's very valid because, I mean, it's not hard to see the patterns. You know what I mean? Like you said, it is. Uh, my mom cleans a yoga studio. Uh, she has her own. Uh, she, my mom uh, cleans. You know, she has her own. She works independently. She cleans the uh, houses or, and this one yoga studio. And like all the people that go there are older white ladies. You know what I mean? And uh, it this lady, she also cleans the owner's uh, house, and she has a huge house. You know what I mean? And it's like. But yeah, it always irks me because it's literally just cultural appropriation. That's one hundred percent what it is. They have a <laughs> like the like Indian de deities like on the wall painted and, and stuff like that. And it's like this don't belong to y'all, man. Y'all don't even. I feel like they really bastardize know. it, bro. Yeah, like exactly. to keep it real. It's like yeah. it's just like um, it's just like how I was talking about uh, what was your name, Buffy Saint Marie? They were like, fine, you can come play your music. But I don't want you talking about any of your struggles and any of your people. And that's, like, as much a part of her as her music is. Yeah. And it's, like, that's what happens with, like, people that don't understand and people that appropriate culture is they always want to take 
what they want and they don't want the people though they don't want the people's struggles they don't want any of the pain they don't want to hear about it it's too uncomfortable they don't want to fix it they don't want to they don't want to fix their position in it or give any of their position to try to improve and make things more just they just want to just take it like they're at the buffet they're like hey like like they'll look at you as a freaking meal and they'll be like they'll be like yo andy like I like your beats. I'm taking those names off of them though, because like that's not what I want people to see. And I'm gonna change it. I'm gonna remanufacture it, and I can put your face on it because it don't look like what I want it to be. You know what I mean? And it's like, but I'm gonna take these beats and I'm gonna go sing Namaste and some other crap yeah. over it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like straight up though. Like that's how it is, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I was uh, I was talking to I was talking to my girl like yesterday because we were talking about like um. She pulled up something about U and R, you know, and I'm a I'm a visual artist, you know, and um something about like accepting like applications for like some type of stuff and and i was like i was like that's cool but then at the same time i think i'm just tired of trying to put myself in those places because i don't think that they're they understand and i'm tired of trying to accommodate you know like it's like i don't if i'm not appropriate if i'm not appropriate to go to a meeting with somebody in the way that i normally dress in the way that I normally speak, and I don't even—I don't even speak a certain way. Like I speak, I feel like I speak pretty well spoken. You know what I mean? But, but if I can't say what's on my mind, if I can't share what's happening with my community, if I can't do that stuff, I'm not interested no more. And I'm not saying that that's what that was, but I'm saying like, I'm not trying to be a part of that institution. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like, I gotta do my own thing. We got our own thing. Like, and that's and that's like where we we start. That's when we have problems, and when we start thinking that success is based off of the success of somebody else my success is going to look different than somebody else's success and i think like that's what i see is like really problematic a lot of times when i see um people looking for liberation through um through capitalism or through trying to be like the people that are exploiting the people the most you know like you look at like i think that's why i don't really mess with with uh killer mike i like i like i like some of his music when it's just the music but i feel like when he's saying kill your masters in the song and then later on he's doing the like get out and vote yeah. i'm like dude shut the fuck up man you know like <laughs> it's after 10 but um but like uh but yeah and i and i saw this thing where he's like opening up a bank and it's like that's that's cool like it's it is i guess if you're going to be more accessible to your people so that they can make something but you're opening up a bank dude you know and it's like it's like i was just watching like some stuff with uh i was watching that fred hampton movie that just came out and yeah and he's like he's like we're not gonna fight capitalism with black capitalism he's like we're not gonna fight racism with more racism he's like we're gonna fight capitalism with socialism he's like we're gonna fight racism with i forgot what he said solidarity there you go and it's like i think that's like missing you know like i look at like a lot of movements and like the only ones that a lot of times speak to me more clearly our indigenous movements because it's it's so real yeah. it's about the land it's about the water and i feel like a lot of other movements sometimes just jump on like trying to get what white people got yeah. you know what i mean and that's not to knock white people but i'm talking about white people in the way that white isn't even a race that white is a position of power white is a white is a white is a club that you get to be in eventually if you do certain things but that we'll never be in because of our our complexion you know like who we are but but it's like but it's like i mean irish people weren't white jewish people weren't white now they're white yeah italians weren't white now they're white you know so it's like 
in that context, like that's what I mean by whiteness, you know? And I feel like when people try to like gauge the success by having what white people have, the proximity to whiteness, getting more businesses, getting more access to capital, getting like, I'm like, dude, you guys are missing the point. If we all do what they do, if we all do what they do, the world's going to die even sooner than it's already on its way, man. You know, like we got to think differently, like what would our ancestors want for us, you know? And even white people need to think like that because like white people are, were the first to be colonized in their history. They had their own, they had their own spiritual beliefs with the land. They had their own like, pe yeah, pagan rituals and, and ways that they, that they lived before they were considered barbarians and colonized by other groups of white people, you know? So it's like, I feel like a lot of people need to look inside and really try to understand like, is this me? Is this mine? Am I trying to protect something that was placed upon me, you know? Or am I being genuine to myself? And what does that mean? You know, cause I think a lot of people don't ask the questions so they don't have the authenticity to like sit back and be like, what do I need? What do I enjoy? Like, do I enjoy going to work all the time or do I enjoy time with my kids? Mm -hmm. But then some people just don't like being around their kids too. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how it's... <laughs> that's yeah. What, that's what's tripping me out with the COVID, dude. Yo, people were but... tripping about the school stuff. <laughs> that was because they wanted to send their kids yeah, off to school yeah, so true. they don't have to deal with them, man. And, but I, that's just because, bro, before, I mean, in the past, uh, the burden of child raising wasn't always just on one parent or mm. two parents, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it was kind of a communal thing, you know what I mean? You, right your your grandmas, your aunts, you know, your neighbors, like people you really had a bond with that you could trust, you know, like they raised your kids, you know what I mean? When you couldn't, when you were busy, when you needed some time, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, that's why it's kind of, you know, uh, it's just, like you said, this is not natural, man. Like mm. the colonization has really destroyed a lot of our uh uh human nature because uh naturally the only reason humans have been able to survive so long is because they do work together you know mm. what i mean they do collaborate they they help each other out you know what i mean because if we don't have each other we're gonna die you know we're left to uh to the to the you know the badass animals that the can, environments yeah that can like run and they got like all these cool capabilities and we're hella slow like walking on two yeah. legs checking like we're slow we have no hair uh, you know like we got big ass heads when we're yeah, babies we got little we got little teeth man little nails like uh. yeah i mean straight up but um i wanted to touch back on an earlier point you made uh about the fred hampton movie and mm. uh uh, his mention of black capitalism and it's crazy man you got to listen to uh you got to look up all his speeches man he uh i think i was actually pleasantly surprised by the movie i thought they were Me gonna too. i thought they were gonna whitewash all his uh, radical politics straight up yep. but i was pleasantly surprised you know in in the beginning this was qu quoting chairman mao and and you know that uh political power grows out of a barrel of a gun line and all that very radical stuff but um uh he does have he has uh, a lot of uh, uh, speeches and, uh, you know, recordings of him talking. And he always goes into that. He's like, you know, we need to completely destroy these systems. You know what I mean? Because he was talking about like the struggles in Africa and how, you know, uh, and even we can you know translate that to Latin America, Asia, wherever it may be. The United States puts in puppet governments that look like us. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the skin color. You know what I mean? Like if you're put in a position where you're an oppressor, uh, that isn't progress. You know what I mean? Just because it isn't a, a British, a, a Belgian, or a, a Spanish uh, master. You know what I mean? Or a 
person running your lives, it's it's still the same thing. You know, they just took the place. And that's the thing with black capitalism, because uh, during the Black Power movement, during the Black Panthers, you know, popularity, uh, Nixon really pushed this whole black capitalism thing to destroy the Black Power movement, because the Black Power movement was very openly communist and socialist. You know what I mean? Openly, very. They uh, the Black Panthers had diplomatic ties with North Korea, China, Vietnam, uh, Angola, uh, Cuba. You know what I mean? So. Um, so uh, that's why they got, you know, destroyed by the FBI and COINTELPRO. Because, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, this push of black capitalism, you know. Uh, I think there was a saying, like, black faces in high places. You know what I mean? And they, were, they sold that to us as a freedom or, uh, you know, progress. But it's just uh, replacing the face of the oppressor to look like us, to be a mirror, you know. Yeah. But... Uh, yeah, Fred Hampton said, anytime someone comes into our community and sets up, sets up a situation that isn't for the benefit of the masses, and he said, we're going to beat them over the head with a Black Panther uh, pamphlet, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to kick them out because they, they don't have the, the interest of the masses at hand. They have individualistic and opportunistic interests in, in mind, you know what I mean? They they want to make money, you know, they want to be your landlords, they want to be your bosses, whatever it may be. But they're not they're not just because they look like us doesn't mean they're uh they're that's Looking freedom out for our interests. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was it was a trip too cuz it's like I feel like art has the power to like really say these truths that's kind of difficult sometimes for people to comprehend. Um I was watching I was, I was going back cuz I Dave Chappelle had some kind of dispute with like Comedy Central or something. And then I saw some posts and he was like, oh, it's all good now. Like, go watch that thing. I was like, man, I bought that DVD anyway. So, like, <laughs> I, if I, I want to go watch it, I'm going to go watch it. But um, but I didn't, you know, when I saw that, though, I was like, I was like oh, I'm going to go put on, a, I'm gonna put on an episode, you know, because I hadn't seen this in a while. And it just started reminding me of, like, watching it um, back in the day. And uh, he did this skit once, man, where he did, like, Black Bush, you know, and he was like, if Bush was black, you know, and how everybody would, like, trip on him and stuff and, like, all this stuff. But he was still continuing the same thing. And then, like, I remember back in the day when, like, Obama got elected and, uh, you know, a lot of people, like, like, shit, I voted for him the first time, you know? And the second time I was like, screw that, it's the same thing, you know? But um, Obama was Black Bush. Yeah. Like, like, straight up, like, I was like, damn, like, he called it. I don't know if he was intending to do that the same way, you know, but it was like he just continued Bush era things. And he came through and he was a black dude that just spoke well and people liked him and he just didn't change the direction he might have changed like a couple things like he got a couple more people health care than would have had health care but he didn't change the system of the health care system he didn't change the prison industrial complex he expanded war he put more like of our brothers and sisters and and um he started he started the cages you know what I mean? Like he, like he, he built them. You know what I mean? Like he was, he was a part of that story. You know, so when people, if people can't get past the race thing, man, then we're never gonna be able to fix things. And that goes both ways. Yeah. You know, because some people just want to jump on things like Kamala Harris. You know, like well, she's a black woman and and she's in a in a high place. Like we need to celebrate that. And I'm like, I understand that you want to celebrate like being represented visually. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, she's a cop. <laughs> and like, I mean, that's like, you, you can't look at, you got to look at people for who they are and their actions and stuff. And you can't just like jump on 
being like, I'm going to go support this person because I identify with them visually. And, and, it, and it's like, there is certain power in being represented visually. You know, like when you don't feel represented visually, you feel invisible, you know, like growing up being a Brown person. Um, I feel like everything on TV when I was growing up, cause things were more on TV back then. Um, everything in America was kind of black and white. There wasn't really room for brown people, you know? And so anytime there was like someone brown on TV, I didn't care what position they were, if they were a gangster or whatever. I was like, cool, like that's the guy I'm rooting for and it's because he looks like me, you know what I mean? And and it affects how you see yourself and you see your own potential of what you can do, you know? So when people say that, like they're stoked about Kamala Harris, for one side I can be like, oh, like I understand, I understand but we really got to hold these people accountable and we can't just let them slide because there's something, you know what I mean? Like we got to, we got to hold people accountable, you know? And like, like Cesar Chavez, like fuck that puto, man. You yeah. Know, that, like, that fool up, led like, people, <laughs> led immigrants to being detained and, and brutalized by the pigs, you know? Yeah. That dude was calling ice on people mm-hmm. and calling people wetbacks and like doing all sorts of like, yeah. And, and they hold him like, he's like this like figure that's like good for all brown people. And it's like, man, yeah. that dude was, that dude was no friend of mine, you know, yeah, like and that. I, and, <laughs> and I think about it and I'm like, when I'm looking at the conditions of the farmers today, like what has really changed? You know mm. what I mean? They're, yeah, they're, for real. they're still making like uh, they have they make literally cents for like every bucket or whatever they fill of a certain produce produce. And and it's like they're literally and, and I mean, during the fires last summer, man, you can see the whole sky filled with smoke and ash and red and whatever. And these poor people, man, have to be out there during a pandemic, breathing in this stuff. Still getting deported. Still getting deported, straight mm-hmm. up. No. And it's just like, you know, it's a, it's amazing, man. Imagine if and they do they do unionize, you know, what I mean, they have the Farm Workers Alliance and the United Farm Workers. And but I mean, like, I feel like. It's just like we we have so much power in this country because of our sheer numbers and the positions we take that if we literally just organize, man, we could have this country by its balls, you know what I mean? And we could we could put an end to this ice shit today, you know what I mean? It, yeah. Ice isn't new. I mean, ice isn't that old. It's It, it was created like in 2003, I think, or something like that. It's mm. like very recent development. Damn. Yeah, yeah, it's super new. But people act like it's normal and it's necessary and it's not. They've had La Migra for a minute, though, too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I think it was always, like, Department of Homeland Security or something like that. Yeah. They, obviously, they, they had, like, protections at the border, but, like, ICE, like, this base, this Gestapo force, you know, uh, is very recent. And mm-hmm. um, But, yeah, man, uh, Cesar Chavez, too, like, they had a – my mom talked to me. He's like, oh, you know, Biden, you know, he might do something, you know. They put up a, a bust of Cesar Chavez in his in the office or something like that. I'm like, bruh. You're like, Ma. <laughs> yeah, and, and my mom, my mom, you know, I talk to her a lot. Like, I, I feel like I have radicalized her in a way, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But, you know, it's, it still seems like, you know, she still does have a lot of hope, you know, that things can get better within the system, you know, that. Uh, but she's very supportive of my views, you know what I mean? She, like, uh, she listens to me and she agrees with me on everything I'm saying, you know what I mean, for sure. And, uh but it's just it's still kind of like it's just this trap man our people just fall for empty gestures all the time cuz you know they it's either that or nothing at all you know what i mean like i have i believe hope's irrational you know but i have hope i have hope because i have hope in the people around me man i have hope in my I, my family gives me hope you know and and i say that like my family my son 
you know, my brother, but I also mean like all my other brothers, all my other like extended family that I have, you know, that's dear to me, to my heart, you know, that's like doing real things. That's why I have hope. You know, when people put their hope inside a politician, I'm like, yo, like, come on, we're still doing this. I'm like, man, because my mom kind of does it too, bro. And I'm like, like, my mom was like very happy that that Biden was winning in the polls when we were watching that stuff. And I was I was like, yo, I'm relieved, but I'm not like excited because I don't think he's going to do what needs to be done. But you know what? we got the capacity to do what we need to do yeah. you know when that's and that's at the end of the day you know like when we were at um when we were at the cleanup on sunday it was it was really disgusting seeing the amount of trash and the way that people disrespect the river and don't have a connection with the river yeah. but at the same time it was very beautiful and empowering seeing so many people there we had like 80 something to 90 people up there like putting in work because they wanted to they want this place to be better mm-hmm. you know and seeing that that's what gives me hope because that's for me my understanding that's where the change is going to come the change ain't going to come from no politician doing something they already got laws you're not supposed to do half of the things that gets done so it's like what else are they going to offer you know like they don't even they don't even follow their own laws they don't even trust each other you know like the people that enforce the law you can't trust them so like how is anything from that system going to do any better for us as people you know like i don't i just don't see that happening but i see that we are people and we have power, you know, we are power, you know, and, and I think people forget that. But once we wake up to that, the sky's the limit. And and the, the fact of the matter is, is that right now, the lies are starting to become so fragile because the reality is becoming so strong, you know, and I think like that's that's what's going to make people wake up or or perish, you know what I mean? But it just depends on what we can do at that time and how soon that happens, you know, but it's like. I was looking at the blackouts in Texas and I was like, I was like, this is, this is, this is the way things go. You know, like we believe the lie that we have some kind of security, the people in power, the structures in place tell us a narrative that they got us and that that's why we give up so much freedom or whatever. So then that they, they take care of this. But the whole time, those people are just kind of like, shit, I hope it doesn't happen here because I don't even have a plan for it. You know, like with Texas, like when that happened, they're probably like, oh, crap, like we don't have a plan for if this happens. When the, when, the, when the powers were going off in Cali because of the heat and because of the fires, they didn't have a plan for that either. So it's like when all this stuff's starting to hit the fan, we got to understand, like, if you don't have a plan, you're fucked. And if we don't have a plan as a people, we're not going to we're not going to be able to do nothing because and, and straight up. And it's crazy because when you look at who's affected the most by these uh, climate catastrophes, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's always uh, disenfranchised communities. It's always a black community. I mean, even looking back at hurricanes, Hurricane Katrina, like it was the the poor and, and uh, majority black neighborhoods that were getting affected by the hurricane and flooded. And you know what I mean? And looking at Texas, it's like the Hispanic communities, the black communities, like they're the ones that aren't getting as much electricity as, uh, you know, the richer, more centralized communities, whatever it may be. And I saw pictures where that part of the city was still lit up. Yeah, the skyscrapers (laughs) are lit up. Like, what do skyscrapers need to be lit up for? You know what I mean? And it's just because, well, that's where business is made. You know what I mean? That's where the money comes from. And it's it's just... um, Straight up, like, for our survival as a species, as a people, you know, we have to start, uh, you know, working towards creating 
independent systems, independent systems from the government. We need to start, uh, you know, getting our own uh, food systems. We need to make sure that our water supply is secure because water is going to be, I mean, people don't think about it or don't want to think about it or seem it's kind of distant. But like at one point we're going to be fighting over water and food. You know what I mean? Because of the climate catastrophe. I mean, it's already in danger, man. I mean, that's part of why we were on the river. You know, because you look at the quality and it's deteriorated since colonization, you know, and I think like that's what makes it really difficult for me to see any solutions come from the Western Western school of thought, you know, like even like socialism and like communism. And it's not that I it's not that I'm scared of like, oh, losing some freedom, you know, because people say like, oh, you're not going to have freedom in socialism. We don't have freedom right now. You know, like we pay taxes into a system that provides socialism for for the top, you know, so. In one respect, we already have socialism here. It's just not for us, you know, but but I think like all these isms that come from these other places, these colonial places, they just they don't they don't carry a spirit in them. They don't carry no connection and no cultural connection to each other, to the land or respect or anything to life itself. You know, so anytime like if you go from capitalism to socialism, shoot, what's the socialist countries do? They're still like they're still participating in a market system. You know, so it's like until we really start looking at reality well, and the only thing real is the land and the water in our lives, like ain't no system going to be able to change that. You know, so it's like we need to. Those those just don't seem like the solutions to me. You yeah, know, well, I mean, I would just argue that uh, I mean, I feel like a lot of this when we look at socialist countries participating in the market, maybe one to look at is like China. You know what I mean? Hmm. China, for sure. You know, I feel like has a lot of issues and is kind of more on a capitalist path uh but um but when when we look at socialism i feel like uh you got to look at where socialism was really developed and that is in communalism primitive communal communalism Mm -hmm. it comes from africa it comes from indigenous people you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's just that uh you know socialism for me is just you know a way to analyze reality or communism or uh, Marxism, whatever, you know what I mean? It's just a way to analyze reality. And, and it, 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 like, it discusses these things. I mean, if you look at Fidel Castro's speeches, that food was talking about, um, you know, the excesses of capitalism, like, in the 60s and 70s and stuff like that, and how and he was like, what is, like, do you think every person having a, their own car is sustainable? Like, he's talking about how... Uh, how capitalism is destructive to the environment, you know what I mean? I feel like, and but he wasn't on that, you know, what we call green capitalism stuff. Now you're like, oh, we got to spend money and resources on on nuclear energy, mm-hmm. on wind energy, on solar energy. He was just talking about, you know, stripping it back. You don't need all that. Mm-hmm. It's unnecessary. It's just a commodity. And I feel like uh, uh, it kind of, uh, it does kind of answer to that, you know what I mean? But I agree. I, I, I know I get where you're coming from, but... It's just about learning from socialism, communism, and applying it to our ancestry and what they, what they've taught us. You know what I mean? It's just like it's not like a rigid European thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just a yeah, sure. Marx like theorized it and wrote it down, but this is just something that's it's just reality. You know what I mean? It's just an analytical framework, and it's something that's existed forever in humanity, working together, uh, communalism. It, comes from Africa. It comes from uh, the indigenous people here in uh, on this hemisphere. You know what I mean. So it's not like I wouldn't I wouldn't call it like a like a white man thing or you know a European invention or a Western invention. You know what I mean. 
because if you see it where it's been applied, it's always been in uh, the global south, in uh, eastern countries, you know, in uh, Vietnam, in Cuba. Um, uh, I mean, it was people were fighting for it in all over Latin America in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And that's for a reason, you know what I mean? Because it, uh, it atones for that. It, it atones for the exploitation of one man over another, you know what I mean? But uh, there's definitely to learn. There's definitely something to learn from it. But I get where you're coming from on that. Yeah, I think I think for myself, I just see like a lot of these isms. I just think they're like when we go back to our actual ways of living as human beings, when we go back to our own culture and we go back to our own like just the way of life of life itself. There ain't no like isms no more. Like we didn't have socialism, right. you know what I mean? But we but we did have. I guess characteristics, right? Yeah. We didn't have sexism. We didn't have no feminism. You know, like we didn't have we didn't have those things. Like those things always seem like European constructs that need to be like to react to the failures of European yeah, constructs. Exactly. You know, and then so it's like looking at it, it's like these reactions always seem like they're still not capturing what needs to be done for humanity as a whole, in my perspective. You know, because um. Because, yeah, like socialism in practice, in theory, it seems like it's more beneficial than capitalism. But without the spiritual connection, it ain't going to mean enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, I, I and that's the difference. Like without the respect, without the respect for your spirit, without respect for humanity, without that. And it's like you need you need freedom, but you need respect at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, and, and that's and that's like a different thing because it's like. You don't need, ideally, you don't want to create a bunch of laws and fences to keep people out of certain places to respect certain things. Right. You want it to be entwined and people understanding that Part that's of the an culture. Extension. Yeah, that that's an extension of themselves, right? Yeah, like exactly. a different awareness, you know, and I feel like if that never gets addressed, like it's going to be really difficult to make meaningful changes, you know? Not to say that it wouldn't be an improvement. Yeah. And that's yeah. why, I mean, that's why I feel like one of my greatest political influences is like the Black Panthers and, uh, you know members of the Cuban Revolution, Fidel Castro, Che Guevara, because they always, I mean, uh, they always bring up this aspect of socialism being love, you know what I mean? Mm. You have to come at socialism from a perspective of loving the people, loving the people you come from. And, like, especially Fred Hampton, he's like, he's like, you know, I forgot the exact same, but he's like, I live for the people because I love the people. I die for the people because I love, like, you know, like all that. Because it's like, it really is like, you know, getting in touch with your humanity and where you come from and other people, you know what I mean? And it, it really does come from a place of love because you don't want someone, you don't want people in your community to suffer, you know what I mean? Mm. You don't, you don't want to suffer for yourself, obviously, but it's just like, it's just, uh, I think it just kind of starts bringing in a mindset of, you know, it's like anti-individualism, you know what I mean? Collectivism. And it's like, that is super necessary and I think it's a step forward into getting into that, too, where if you stop thinking about yourself, you also start thinking about nature and uh, what you're, you know, just like what we're talking about, just awareness, awareness of something beyond yourself and besides uh, beyond your, you know, your wants, your mm. you things you've been like, you know, told that are necessary, that is very individualistic. So, yeah, I think I think revolutionaries always get painted in the wrong light. I think revolutionaries come from a place of love. 
all the you time. You know, because they, the they die for the people. Exactly. You know, and it's like, who else, who else is doing that? You know, and I think, like, people, people get caught on the violence. Mm-hmm. I don't even call it violence, you it's know. self-protection, but, in my opinion. Yeah, self-defense or, or freedom, right? And it's like, you can't free yourself if someone's holding you violently. Mm-hmm. You know, to release yourself, like, you might need to, you might need to use your hands, man, yeah. to get somebody off of you, you mm-hmm. know? And um and it's interesting because even that statement's kind of interesting too because it's like I'm not I'm not a violent person you know what I mean and not say like I've I'm I'm like a super peaceful person either but um I don't I don't feel that violence is a solution often you know but I think that we have to exist <laughs> you know and to exist sometimes you have to do what you got to do to survive you know but um. Yeah, I don't know. That that kind of tripped me out right now, just stating that. And I think that's like, I think that's what I mean with like trying to be conscious. It's like I'm trying to be conscious of the things that I'm saying as they're coming out of my mouth and as I'm saying them. So then that I can come to terms with if I'm being aware enough in my speech and if I am being correct, not being so married to my position to where I'm not able to analyze myself and assume that I'm flawless, you know, when I'm not. And I understand that, you know, but, but that is, that is interesting, you know, because it's like, what is freedom, you know? And I think, I think about this very often. And I think this like one of the things that gives me some type of peace is that life is, isn't certain, you know what I mean? And, um, freedom, sometimes we equate freedom with life. Sometimes we we equate freedom with um, certain aspects of freedom of mobility, freedom of uh, speech, freedom of all these things. But it's like you can be in a cage and be free. You can be you can be held down and be free. You know because you're only free when you when you submit to what's holding you down. You know when you submit to that. You know or when you when you respond in a way that goes against what you want to be. You know so. If, if somebody can make you kill somebody and you're against killing somebody, you're not free no more, you know, because now you're being manipulated by that other person and they have power over you, you know? And I think like, I understand using violence to release yourself from someone holding you violently. But then at the same time, I also do understand people that choose not to be violent and that's their stance of freedom as well, because they're like, I'm not going to go against my principles. I'm going to be free by being by choosing how I choose to be, you know, and I, and I think like with that, like, I believe in respect, like I believe in my people, you know, and I love my people. And I, I hope that I pray whenever, if I ever need to do something for my people that I'll be prepared to do it and that I do whatever I need to do, you know, and, and I, that's how I feel. But then, yeah, at the same time, like, shit, I don't want to hurt nobody. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. It's It's a different place to be in when you start thinking about people and you start thinking about people compassionately and this ain't about excusing nobody. That's not about excusing actions or injustices or anything like that. But when you try to understand somebody and you understand the fear that people are in to be able to act so inhumane and it's like, I pity people, you know? But I don't, I don't excuse that. And I try not to hate it because I would never want to be in that position myself. You know, I see people like moving around with so much fear that they're prepared to put kids away you know, and separate families. And it's like, I would never want to be in that person's shoes as much as it angers me and saddens me. You know what I mean? I would never want to be that person. Mm -hmm. And if I wouldn't want to be that person, I don't want to judge that person. 
Uh It's like you're talking about someone who's who's so disconnected from their own humanity that they won't they can't see the humanity in another person. And and another layer to that, man, like when we're we're talking about like ICE ICE agents, you know, putting kids in cages. Like half of ICE agents are Latino people, bro. Mm -hmm. Those are our own people locking up our own people. They're using our people as instruments of oppression. It's like. That's like a a whole other level of disconnected, you know what I mean? It's crazy. It's just um it's just uh yeah, man, colonization is like a psychological disease, bro, straight up. Straight it's up. insane. It's yeah, insane. And that's and that's what's so like that's what's such an important thing for people to understand is cause some people think like, oh, because they're from some type of group biologically that they're free from scrutiny or free and it's like, no, dude, like these things these things are infectious. These things are, they affect your mind and they affect your spirit. And next thing you know, you're not, you're not working well. And if you saw yourself through the lens of somebody outside of yourself, you wouldn't appreciate what you're doing. You would not be proud of that person. You would probably not want to be around that person if you didn't have the labels on it to justify, you know, but a lot of people don't think that way, you know, but yeah, all this stuff happens in layers, man. It's, I don't know, man, it's a lot. I guess like, I feel good that that I'm able to do work. You know what I mean? I feel good that I got good people around me. You know, I'm, I'm very grateful for my friend Autumn, my friend Beverly, my brother Brian, you know, like my brother Rube, like a lot of really good people that I have around me that are doing things and that I get to help with and be a part of because like, man, it starts turning into madness, you know, and anger, I feel this raw energy. And if you don't, if you don't apply it, like it's like I saw somebody post something and they were like, This makes me so angry and I was like, Good, like get angry, but don't just get angry, get active. You know, 'cause like get get mobile, do something. And I think a lot of people are just opinionated, but they're not doing nothing. You know, and that's why like it was so cool seeing people like come out yesterday and see people come out Sunday. Cause it was like it wasn't just an opinion. Because sometimes people feel like an opinion is an action and it's like, don't get it twisted. Having an opinion that you don't like litter or you don't like capitalism or you don't like people's uh, negligent feelings towards each other or um, misogyny or whatever it is, having opinions about these things does nothing. <laughs> you know, action yeah. does something. Yo, and you know? and I, 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 it's crazy. I, I wrote this tweet yesterday and it was... Um, kind of talking exactly about this and it was like i said one of the most useless things ever is like when a white person says i hate white people Mm. it's like what are you doing by that man you're not Mm. doing anything you're Mm. just overcompensating for not doing anything and you're actually alienating people you should be radicalizing and reaching out to Mm. you know what i mean yeah and it's exactly that it's just like it's easy to just say whatever you want and like you know be all talk but unless you're uh, you know, making moves to change that. Even one person, man, reaching reaching out to one white person, you know what I mean, or mm-hmm. one of your family members, like, that's still doing something. But, like, if you're just out here saying, I hate white people, you know, it's just, to me, it's performative as hell, you know what I mean? It's just, like, you want to seem good, you want to seem like you're woke or whatever, but you're not doing nothing. And then and then even, and then even that, right, because you get people who, who want to go and change other people and they ain't changed themselves yet. You know, sometimes, like, the best way you can be doing is picking up a book and reading some things, expanding your understanding and start dealing with that. Like, it's like you're a white person saying, I hate white people. 
what does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like, what does that mean? Like, what do you, what do you hate? What are these things? Like, are you, like, can you identify what that means? If you can identify what that means, look at yourself. Uh, can you check off those categories so that you don't identify with those things? Can you improve those qualities on yourself so you could be, so now you can love white people because you're a white person and you should be able to love yourself. Anybody should be able to love themselves, you know? And, um, but yeah, I don't, it's difficult to do that. You know, it's it's difficult to do that when we're not equipped with critical thinking and a lot of things, but we got too many excuses and just because things are difficult doesn't mean they shouldn't be done. Thanks. You know, we got to do better. You yeah, know? man. Like, and, and straight up, and like you said, that's why, man, this whole quarantine, I've been unemployed, you know, I have a, I'm high risk for COVID. So luckily I've been uh, able to get unemployment. I've been able to stay home and Personally, I think I've I've used this time very wisely. I've uh, I've been reading books upon books, you know, audio books, you know, uh, physical copies whenever I can, and it's just like I'm trying to get my knowledge up as much as possible, you know, and so that you know uh, when the time comes, I can apply it to practice to the to the real world, and that's what I'm trying to do now. You know what I mean? I'm trying to you know organize with the homies and organize with like-minded people, you know. Um, and but you know i i want to do it the right way i don't want to rush into it i don't want to be you know opportunistic i don't want to take uh, advantage of my community because they uh you know um, they see things are wrong i don't want to be like a preacher a false prophet or whatever you know you know mm -hmm. what i mean i want to i want to be educated so that when i go out there i can actually serve them and i can actually reach them on a, an authentic level you know what i mean and not not be on some you know just like think I know everything when I don't know Jack, you know what I mean? So I've been trying to, that's why I, I have been trying to, you know, kind of work on myself and my mind and educate myself so that, you know, I can apply that and, you know, do something for my community, you know what I mean? And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just a long process, but it has to be done and it's going to get done one way or another. Straight up, man. Straight up. Me. That's <laughs> Cause that's how it is. That's how I'm looking at things now. I'm like, I inherited a lot of things that people before me didn't, <laughs> didn't, didn't clean up, man. Yeah. You know, and, and things are going to get done one way or another. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to just pass it down to the next person. Yeah. Cause that sucks. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> you know, and man, I don't know. And, and I, and I have the power to do it. So if I got the power to do it, we should do it. Yeah. You know, nice. also anybody that does want to, that does want to contribute and help out, um, we're uh, our group River Justice uh, is doing another cleanup on Sunday at from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Yeah, so we're gonna be um, we're gonna be doing a cleanup down at the river in Sparks, off of Vista. Larkin um, Circle. Yeah, Larkin Circle. So um, you can see me on uh, Sana Sana Official. I got a post up there. It's got all the information. Um, hit me up if you got any questions. But um, yeah, we're we're doing good work out there, and anybody that wants to participate. We appreciate it and we could use the numbers um, to get a lot of work done that needs to be done because um, we're made out of water. Uh, it's intricately like if we, we if we don't understand where our water comes from, we need to start building those relationships. You know, we need to start um, understanding that that water is our life. It's our lifeline, you know, and if we don't protect it and we don't take care of it, we're destroying ourselves. And aside from that, like it's not um, it's not right for us to ruin things for other people. And um, by other people, I mean like the people and the land, the fish, all the all the other people, you know, that that also inhabit this this land that we're on, you know. 
But um, yeah, anybody that wants to come through and and come and help with that work, it's it's really good work, and uh, we had a really good time last Sunday. You were there. <laughs> yeah, I was I was there for a while. Um, I was there uh, like two and a half hours, something like that. Um, I couldn't stay all the time, but it was uh, it was still rewarding. You know what I mean? Filled up like three or four bags. You know, uh, my girlfriend came with me, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's just. Uh, it's just it's just very rewarding because it's you know you're doing something even if it's a small part you know like you know you don't have to be you know like an organizer you don't have to be like this messiah figure to you know get shit done you know what i mean you you're a person man you're just you're part of the people you know and it's just uh it's just people power man just you know just be in touch with your community and and going out there and doing things not for yourself but you know for for the good of our mother earth and the good for our uh, for our neighbors and you know what i mean it's a very rewarding uh you know experience for sure and yeah and anybody that came through um it'd be really dope if you come back too because like like these things that we're talking about like these changes that we got to make we got to make lifestyle changes so it feels really good to come out you know but um try to come back you know and try to try to make it part of your routine because like these things these things are going to be um long-term solutions you know and and those things sometimes require a lot of upkeep you know like we got to integrate this these things into our lives so then that they become a part of us you know and by becoming a part of us we take them everywhere we go and we take them pass them to our children and, and to people around us you know like we never know the way that uh the actions that we take will affect ourselves personally and the people around them around us you know so um yeah, anybody that came through, uh, I hope to see you back there, you know, and uh, it was, I'm really grateful that people did come through. And also, um, we raised a lot of money. So people that can't, that can't make it, if you could donate, because um, it was really expensive for us to get the dump, you know, to be able to make those dumps. We made like two, uh, two large truckloads. And we're not talking pickup trucks, we're talking like dump trucks. We made, we filled up two dump trucks in uh, two days of working out there. And, uh, those those uh were really expensive to drop those off. I want to say that I heard they were like four hundred bucks. Each or I'm I'm not sure if it was each. Uh, Might have been each, but um but it was like really expensive to make those drop offs, and we're not getting no help from the city, from the government. It's they're not doing the things that they're supposed to do. So anybody that believes in like smaller government, and um then then we gotta um it's it's your opportunity to step up so that we can do this as a community. You know, um, the government has resources and they should be using them appropriately to help us solve this problem, you know, but it's going to get done. And if we can do it, we're going to do it. It doesn't matter if the person that's supposed to be doing it ain't doing it. You know, we're going to do what we got to do, but we could use the help. So anybody that could come, um, anybody that could come show up and anybody that can't show up and wants to help out and make donations, um, you could uh, hit me up on Sana Sana Official IG at Sana Sana Official or else um, my friend Autumn Harry, she's actually taking the donations uh, via her Venmo, but I could um, give her information too if anybody wants to um, make those donations. She goes by Numa Wanderer, um, that's N-N-U-M-U Wanderer <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> on, on IG, you know, so I'll just look her up, Autumn Harry. But um yeah we're doing we're doing good work and we we could use a lot of support you know you got uh you got any tracks you want to ride out with bro we got a couple minutes man yeah man let's let's play some music bro I was actually uh I was like oh damn yeah we ran short on time we were talking people's ears off man <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm uh let's see 
All right, all right. This is one I just wore, I just made like a like a week ago. All right, so we're we're gonna we're gonna be out after this. So um, thanks everybody that tuned in to Sana Sana Radio. Um, I'm Sana Sana. Also go by Orlando O. Um, I got Andy with me, Daz Wax. And so thanks everybody that tunes in, showing us love, and um, thanks for K Wing for letting us do this. And uh, yeah, we love you, Reno. Yo, peace out, man. This program I can do